G'day folks and welcome back to episode 8 of Measure Twice, Cut Once. Who can believe we're up to episode 8 and uh, we're live recording, or we're recording this up in uh, Sumo's shed this week. We are. And um, so I'd like to welcome... Don't look at the monitor. I'm not looking at the monitor. You were. <laughs> oh, it's a different workshop. You put it in the wrong spot. I didn't put it in the wrong spot. Don't look at the camera, <laughs> not the monitor. Alright, we got that. Uh, Introducing my good friend here, Chris from Built by Chris, uh, on YouTube, Instagram, and uh, anywhere else on the planet. He uh, he's a bit of an explorer, and um, yeah, he's sort of he's the Jacques Cousteau of um, the internet nowadays, the podcast. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Dirk from Sumo's Projects, also on uh, Instagram. Where else? YouTube. YouTube, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. We're everywhere. We, we've been everywhere, we man. Keep, we keep turning up like bad pennies, mate. We yep. just, we're everywhere. We are. We are. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's nice to have you back up here, Chris. We had... Um, can I just say, before you, you go on with that, yeah. can I just say how great it was last week's episode? Oh. <laughs> well, we were both in our element and, we you were. know, awestruck and it was really... A wonderful conversation, I, mate. I I uh, I was so looking forward to that um, that interview, mm. and she didn't disappoint. No, not at all. And uh, Ainsley, thank you very much. Uh, you really made the show. Uh, you know, you, you lifted us up and made the show a lot better for for it. So mm. thank you. That was good. I'm still floating. You're still floating. Still floating. Good on you, mate. Good on you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm up. I'm up here at uh, your neck of the woods now, Dirk. You I'm, are. I'm in your workshop. Yeah, my little bunker here. It's and I've got to tell you, it is looking a million bucks. It's getting there, mate. Um, the all the conversations we've had on this show, like workflow and safety and that, you know, sort of trying to put that into practice. And and I know you're doing exactly the same thing oh, with mate. your remodel. So it's driving me batty. I'm telling you. Yeah, but you're, you're just about there, Chris. I'm nearly there, yep. I've uh, been going crazy. I've put up new shelving. Um, my Midasaur station's coming along. Yes. Um, I'm going to have a home for my CNC machine very shortly. Excellent. And um, and I'm going to, once once I'm finished all that, I'm going to do a, a new workshop tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if I had a recorded everything I was doing while I was doing it... You wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here, and I'd still be doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It just takes too long. I don't know if people realise how long it takes mm. to actually film something. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And then the whole process of just getting it to edit and on the internet, it's just a, it's a tedious, it's tedious in a nice way, but it's a long, you know, process. it's a long drawn out process. Yeah, yeah. and um, it, look, the, the recording of it is probably only half of it. You know, like if you're sitting in front of the computer, you've got to sift through all that footage then mm. and pick the best stuff so you can, uh, you know, present it to your viewers. Too right. So, and, and then you've got to add your, your transitions, you've got to add all the text that goes with it. It's, yeah. But you know, we love doing it. So We do, I do. Yeah, but it gives me, um, it's given me a greater appreciation. You know, look, all these uh, major movies that people um, that record, you know, like the Tom Hanks movies and stuff yeah. like that. And you can understand why it takes them a year. You know, to, to do it all. So um, it, it just gives you a better understanding of it all. So we don't go too bad considering we do it all ourselves. Yeah. All the bone props. I, I, don't, I don't have a uh, crew behind me to, no. you know, to, to shoot the video. and. Yeah. But anyway, we digress. Yeah. And um, all right. So good news again this week. We've got our uh, partner to the program, uh, Hammeroo. Nath. Nath. Nath from Hammeroo. Yep. Uh, he's been he's been really good, and um, we always appreciate his uh, 
input and patronage yeah, to the show. He actually rang me the other day. Did he? Yeah, he said, uh, can you stop mentioning my name because I've got no stock left. Everyone's oh, bought him out. There you go. That's yeah, tough. yeah. Terrific. <laughs> hey, and Chris, we're happy to uh, introduce yes. uh, Scott from Custom Creations. Ah, yes. Should I, should I insert a fanfare here or something, Dirk? What do you think? Go, go for it. All right, I'll do that. How did you like that? That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, it mesmerised me, mate. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, so Scott has a, a, a similar line of business, but he's into, uh, he makes some really good uh, polishes, polish material that you can use with your um, resins to oh, give, okay. give it up to a, a maximum, you know. Like a mirror finish. Mirror yeah. finish, just about. Okay, so, all right. Yep. To and, check that out. And candles, like, who doesn't like candles? They're not too bad. The, the fellas out there, yep, he mightn't, but um, everyone, you know, a lot of us have got a partner, so you've got to look after them you as well. Look so after the missus, yep. yep. And also introducing Cracker Jack Timbers from Melbourne as well. Yeah, two, two. Wow. Yep. So it's in Fertry Gully, I believe, Chris, and um, uh, they've been kind enough to jump on board and uh, also be part of the uh, the whole. Nice. Yep. The old shindig we're, we're presenting here. So today's subject, mate, it's a good one. It's what we can both relate to. Uh, and it's about excessive hoarding, excessive impulsive hoarding. buying. I don't do any of that. No, no, no. It's never been a hand-me-down to me, has it? <laughs> <laughs> so who else do you know it has got 9,000 nails? No one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. All right. So let's get into... Um, Yep, excessive hoarding. Yes, a very interesting topic here today, Chris. It's uh, it's the thing, the subject matter of uh, impulse buying mm. and uh, being an excessive hoarder of things that you're not going to look at for a while mm. or ever, or you'll lose them in your workshop and then find them when you're doing a full renovation. Yeah. And you go... Like I did. Like you did. Mm. What happens? What happens to the mind when we're out and going to want to purchase things and we all of a sudden get sidetracked and bring home a whole heap of stuff that we probably will end up being just a hoarded product. Uh, some people say uh, retail therapy and, you know, that works in a different uh, capacity, but mm. I don't think having um, 9,000 nails is retail therapy somehow. Well, it's not. Um, in my case, um, I was building, as you know, I'm redoing re my workshop. I was going to build a wall and I needed some framing nails. Yeah. So I went to my local um, Total Tools yep. and bought 3,000 of them because that's the box that they come in. Oh, okay. Right, sure. You get a box of 3,000. It only cost me 25 bucks. Mm. So it wasn't much. I got home, I start pulling stuff out, and I find two other boxes of framing nails. Because <laughs> I didn't know I had them. Yeah. Right? That's the big problem with... Um, if you've got little hidey holes everywhere, and you've got everything tucked away nice and neat, so you, you forget that they're there. Yeah. You know? I mean, if, if I had known I had another 6,000 nails at home, I wouldn't have bought another box. No. No. But that's, that's how it happens, you know? Yeah. Like, even... I've even taken it to a new level. I've got two palm sanders because I didn't know I had one. So I bought I, I bought it and I put it away because I didn't want it to get in the way of anything and I didn't want to damage it. Mm. So I put it away nice and neat. It was beautiful. 
And then I needed to sand something, completely forgot that I had the bloody thing. Mm. Went back to Total Tools and bought another one. And when do you think I found my second one? Not long after? (laughs) So I was just looking for sandpaper and there it was. I'm going, oh, now I've got two of them. So, you you know, like, you do get into a place like Total Tools or wherever and and it's it's so, um, it's the old... Kid in the lolly shop syndrome, oh, isn't it? Because that, yeah. machines are shiny, everything's new. Um, you go, oh, I could really use that, but forgetting that you already got one, or you know, and and you get things that you may not need to have it used for. I've always found a pattern if, um, like for argument's sake, I needed a hammer drill, mm. and I didn't have it, so I, I went up to a, a hardware shop and I bought one specifically, and. I do know I won't. I mightn't use it too many times, but it's there. It's a one-off, and you know. Yeah, but that sort of stuff is okay. Yeah. You know, like you don't mind. You know, look, I need this hammer drill. It's going to cost me X amount of dollars. I'm probably only going to use it maybe two or three times, but you've got it there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, you've, it's what's what's the saying? Um, it's better to have it and not need it mm. than need it and not have it. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. But some people take it to the next level. Yeah, like like for example, me now. If you walked into my workshop, you would swear you're walking into a Total Tools. Yeah, I've got that many things that a lot of it I don't use. Yeah, until I desperately need it. But at least I know I've got the tool there. Yeah, and I can use it. But it's it's still you got to sort of. I think you got to weigh <clears> it up. You know, do you, do you really need? Yeah. Spend, you know, to, to buy all these tools and have them laying around and taking up valuable real, real estate in your garage yeah. or your workshop, you know. Yep. I, I, I see, like, there's two, two ways to look at this, right? There's, um, I, I've done the same. And I, initially, because you, you just want to be involved in what you're doing and, you know, you think, oh, I've got to be part of that club and uh, I, I do need these tools and, you know, and you, you, it's, it's just a, a compulsive habit, you know, it's like in the supermarket, the the chips are on sale and the chocolates, and they just keep coming in the trolley. Don't, don't mention chips and chocolate now, mate. No, sorry, mate, but <laughs> I don't have any, so you're right. Oh, cool. Um, but one one thing with that, I've I've made a note, mental note to myself to say, self, whatever you've bought, try to identify where it is, and that comes back down to if you store stuff away, mm. lock it away, it's out of mind, out of sight, and you'll forget about it. That's another issue, and we'll yeah. discuss, discuss that. But I always think I've got a lot of things, and I, I do want to revisit, even though I might use it that much at the start. Mm. I want to revisit it, and I find in a lot of projects, I do drag those things out and give them a, a purpose. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I make a mental note. I don't write it down, but I make a mental note that, or I, I have got that item, uh, and I'm going to put that into use in, in, in a project coming up. Doesn't have it might be twelve months away, you know. So, um, is that something we can program a little bit? Like, um, yeah. Look, I guess you know. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's up to every individual, basically. You know how you how you how you look at your own workshop and what you're going to do and yeah how you're going to move along. Now, if I'd have known, if I'd have known two or three years ago that I was going to get into pen turning and resins and all that sort of thing. I wouldn't have bought two sanders. Yep. I don't need two sanders. I wouldn't have bought my um, my Festal Domino. Yeah. I mean, that's that's $2,000 worth of tools sitting there. And I try and use it 
as much as I possibly can mm. to try and justify the cost of me buying it. Mm. But um, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't if if I if I don't know where what I know now. I probably wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, you know. So I guess it's it's up to every every uh, each each and every individual. Yeah, what they have. I mean, look for example, you. You've got two bandsaws here. Yep. Now, nine times out of ten, the average Joe in the workshop only needs one bandsaw. Yeah. Why have you got two? Uh, I did buy the one, and I didn't like changing the blade, <laughs> which which is a really a pee poor excuse. That but, that's like buying a brand new car because you can't be bothered changing a flat tire. I know, I know, but it's not at the same price as a brand new car. Yeah, I know. But so yeah, the like the evolution of your workshop you know I, I put a, a lot of uh, thought into this and so I thought all right and you know they go on special time to time and um, because I'm you know don't want to change blades every 10 minutes <laughs> um, I thought one one is good for contour cutting and the other's a resaw set up just specifically for resaw or just uh, hoeing through some thick stock well I'll, look I'll be honest mm. if I had a workshop this size I'd probably have two bandsaws as well. Yeah. Because changing bandsaw blades is a pain in the bum. Yeah. It really is. And, and it's not tall snobbery, Chris. It's, it's just like your, your circumstances are in life, you know. Sometimes mm. I, I like to... My hobby is sort of the second half of my life, apart from my, you know, having my partner and all mm. that. But And if I'm going to do it, I want to do it for the rest of my life. I, I've established that. So I think yep. the, the weapon, the arsenal I, I surround myself with, it has to last me long, long term, you know, and that's my train of thought. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean that works. I mean, like I said, two two bandsaws for me would be overkill in my workshop. I got one, mm. but uh, again, like I said, changing the bandsaw blade in mine, I, I hate it, you know. And and every time I do it, I come away with little nicks in my fingers, and yeah, because you're trying to get. And I should got a nick in my finger now. Yes, the splinter there. I've got Sorry. a boo boo. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that's that's um, again that that suits your needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't have anything here that's um, that's over the top. You know, you haven't bought something that that just sits there that you're not using. No, no. And, and you know, like um, yeah, identifying what you sort of uh, like a machine and a tool is something that you're going to get more usage out of than say um, spare parts. Spare parts are the, I think, a big problem, you know, like, um, I've bought off eBay, uh, you, you can get a package deal of screws, you know, and yeah, and, and I've still got a heap of those, mm. and yeah, I'm going to use them over, over the time, but, you know, then I have to remember that I've got them, so don't that's, go and buy any more. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And uh, and that's, that's probably another reason why... Um, I've set up my workshop the way it is. Instead of putting doors on these these shelves and everything, I've left everything open so I can see what I've got. Mm. Because my big hassle is, well, I think I'm, I'm halfway through a project. Oh, I need this tool or I need this screw or I need this one. I'll just barrel on down to um, to Bunnings or to Timbercon or who, wherever mm. and buy the thing and come back and realise oh, I've already got it. Yeah, yeah. That's for me. That's that's it's not in, that's not impulse buying. That's just. Yep. Not remembering what you've got. For yeah. me, impulse buying is when I bought my uh, Festool Domino. I was there. I had the money burning a hole in my pocket and I thought, you know what? Bugger it. I'm going to get it. Yeah. 
that's an impulse buy. Yeah. You know? And again, I, I don't use it as often as I should. I use it as often as I can. Mm. But it's, it's an expense that I could probably have done without. Yeah. For uh, sure. Well, I mean, I had a biscuit joiner. Yep. Now, what was wrong with that? I sold it to you. Yeah, I know. And you're using it all the time. I like it. Yep. It does a job. That would have, it would have suited me, but nah, I had to have a festal domino. Yeah. Uh, so this, that leads into the domain of becoming a hoarder, you know. Um, you, you then feel compelled, I, I, I must keep doing this. You know, it's just a it's just a mental attitude. It's a it's an approach. You can change it. You know, it's, mm. it's easy to do. There's TV shows on, on you know, and they're emptying people's homes because their kids are less left the nest and they've held on to everything. Yep. And then they're finding the people come in, clean it up, and they go, "Well, I should have done that." You know. So I, I think uh, keeping a, a sense of, you know, identifying what you have. You don't have to do a stock take, but you can always do a little bit of a... You know what? Stock take wouldn't be a bad idea. It wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be a bad idea just to go through and I'm going, yep, I've got one of them, I've got two of them, I've got 9,000 of these, you know. Yep. Then you know. And yeah. Just leave it on a clipboard in, in your workshop next to, um, I don't know, next to your whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Like, uh, if you do a stock take, you get free pizza. Everywhere I've worked, I've got a free pizza better that. Good idea. Yeah. I'm doing a stock take as soon as I get home. Yeah, I'll follow you. <laughs> um, there's also the cost factor, Chris. You know, like, you're pouring out lots of money for things, especially, you know, the, every year, CPI, everything goes up, and uh, we're forever, if, if we're compulsive buying and, and not knowing what we have, we're paying out too much for everything. Um. And that, that's the same with, like, if you buy excessive amounts of timber because, you know, the price rise. But then you end up uh, tripping over things. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're, we've adopted the, the feng shui, uh, have, have present, presented your tools, mm -hmm. have your workflow, keep safety in mind and don't, you know, overdo everything to, you know. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, now, now that I've, I'm doing what I'm doing, yeah. um, it gives me... A chance to get rid of everything I don't I don't need. Yeah. Right now I've I've feng shuied the hell out of my workshop. Yeah. I've already taken one trailer load of stuff down to the tip, um, and I'm steadily filling up the trailer a second time. Mm. So it just goes to show you how much. I mean, it's it's a, and I've said it before. It's only a two car garage. What yeah. I've got, it's amazing what I have stored away in there. Yeah. And um, and a lot of it, the the, the feng shui principle that I've that I've, I'm applying to it is. If I haven't used it in the last six months, mm. I've changed that a little bit. If I haven't used it in the last 12 months, and I'm not likely to use it in the next 12 months, yeah. it's out of here. And to learn something from that, you know? Yep. Now, I, as you know, I, um, I ran out of screws when I was making the, um, the, the shelves and everything. Um, so I went down to Bunnings to buy some more. Yeah. Now, normally, I would go down there and I bought a box of 500 screws. Normally, I'd buy two. Yeah, that's right. I didn't do that. No. I, 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 um, I said to myself, nah, if you get through these 500, go down and buy another one. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to use up these and you're going to have another one sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I controlled myself and said, nah, I'm only buying one. Yeah. I was very proud of myself that day. No, that's good. And, and as we spoke about, you're doing the same with the amount of timber you have. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that's good. You, you're controlling the habit, you, you're overcoming the habit. Uh, 
we, we'd like people in the comments too to please, you know, give us your um, background and, you know, things you might have uh, corrected as you're going along or are you still in the, uh, in the yeah. rut of... Uh... Yeah, or if you bought something that uh, you just haven't used. Yeah, yeah. Will you use it, you know? Yeah. Or do you say... Because, you know, you don't want to waste your money and feel bad for doing it. So did, did, you, did you really want it or did you really need it? That's right. Yep. Two different things. So, yep. And we, we had a bit of a chat about hoarding and uh, things like that. Yep. I, I, I reckon that's something that, you know, we'll keep working on everything we do in life. To You're always learning. You're always learning and you're always making improvements. Yep. And, 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 you know, sl slowly you'll come to the point where you're happy in, the, in your environment. Where I'm nearly there. You're nearly there? I'm probably about two years, seven months, five oh. days <laughs> away from being exceptionally happy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm about 12 years away from that. Oh, well, boo-hoo. <laughs> so, look, uh, we have to mention uh, thank you very much to um, Nathan from Hamaru. Nath. Nath. He's, yeah, like you said, he's probably getting sick of us mentioning the name. No, no. no Nothing he's... left in the shelves, on the shelves up there. No, well, let's hope he's bought out. Uh, Scott from Custom Creations. Now, that's spelt with a K, K Custom and K Creations. Yep. Uh, and also uh, welcoming uh, Sean from uh, Crackerjack Timbers, Chris. Yeah, he's um, he's a timber merchant, or he's a, he's a supplier of uh, quality Queensland hardwood. Mm. He's in Fertry Gully. Is, is it Queensland hardwoods or Australian hardwoods? Uh, Australian hardwoods, but specialising in Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's and we're going to link all these uh, fine. People in our uh, description, yep. they've all got websites. Uh, Crackerjack Timbers can be found on um, Facebook uh, under Crackerjack Creations. So if you if you go on to Facebook, you want to have a squiz? Yeah, let's let, yeah check it out. Check have it a, out. Have a look at it. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, so I think uh, next week's show is going to be a bit of fun as well. I think so. I'm actually looking forward to next week's episode. Yep. You want to introduce it? Yeah, yeah. We're um, we're going to be talking about the international community or the international maker community. Yep. You know, uh, and also some of the people that we've we've come to meet. Yes. You know, like um, let's mention his name, Carl Pope. No, not Carl Pope. Who wants to know about Carl Pope? Oh, Popey's all right. Yeah, Popey's all right. Uh, who are you talking about? Eric. Oh, Eric. Eric. Eric's Eric's our idol. <laughs> He leaves the best comments. He does. He you know, does. like whenever I, whenever I, I don't know about yourself, but whenever I do uh, either one of these episodes or one of my Built by Chris episodes, if I see a comment from Eric, yeah, I need to first go and brew a cup of coffee. Yep. <laughs> they're very long and detailed comment, and I love them. Yep. They're the best. Yep. Eric's been a, a long-time supporter of our individual YouTube channels, and yep. and he's he jumped on to measure twice, cut once. Uh, we love what. You're just so engaging, Eric, and uh, it's always heartfelt, and we, we really get that. And um, I'm not saying that all the other comment commenters don't, but no, Eric, no, no. Eric's, Eric's just uh, he stands above the rest. That's that's yeah, just good. Eric. I think he's a gentleman, a true gentleman. He, he's a bonza cobber, okay. Eric. He, <laughs> he likes hearing that sort he of thing. He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good on you, mate. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, if you have anything to uh, add or suggest to the show, you know, in regards to future episodes, what could we talk about, please leave it in the comments. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Hit that, uh, that, that bell. Yep. 
and um, spread the word, you know. It, it yeah, costs let, you nothing to share. Yeah, let everyone know what we're up to. Yep. So um, we're enjoying it, and we hope that you enjoy it with us. So, yes. Chris, I think um, that's a wrap for, uh, what is it? Episode 8. Episode 8. Jeez, mm. get through the season. They're flying, aren't they? I reckon. They are. So um, we're going to say sign off for saying have a good time and hooroo. And I'll do the same, but I'll say bye for now. Nope. Slap it. The way you do it... This is going on the bloopers, isn't it? Maybe. See that? See how I've got me... Because you're doing it up here. Yeah. Right? You've got to slap it. See? That's what I need. What's the difference? You put your finger in between you it from up there no, no. the bottom. Practice and get it right. If it was a guillotine, it's still I will find up. someone oh. to replace you, mate. Crying right? Crying out loud, mate. You did it right. You did it right. Was that a good one, Haas? <laughs> it's about bloody time. <laughs>